This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries, right here on Paranormal Dads. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Paranormal Dads. Man. How are you, boys? I'm good. I can't tell if it's spring or summer. Is it sprummer? <laughs> it, it's something like that, because I started off the day in a sweatshirt. Yeah. And I walked into Andy's house and took immediately took that sweatshirt off. It's yeah. hot out there. Yeah, he came in wearing a Paranormal Dads hoodie. Yeah. And I uh, said, man, it's, you know... It's 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 May. You're lucky to be getting away with a hoodie still, but uh, that's that's Nebraska for you, people. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, it was 40 degrees two days ago, and then last week it was like 90. Yeah. And next week it's going <laughs> to melt your face. Right, right. And then the, and then the next time, uh, uh, Bigfoot's going to show up. <laughs> like it's all normal. Who's 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 calling you? I'm a famous guy. Oh no, it is uh, my oldest child. Ah, not child, adult, adult child. There, but it's the dad and paranormal dad, right? There it is. Yeah, you know, that's Eddie not turning off his his little watch, my Dick Tracy watch. That's okay. Hello, she can call anytime. Right, <laughs> I'll call her back. <laughs> it can wait. Yeah, but hey, here we are again. We're in the cryptid den and here in the Myers Manor, mm-hmm. and uh, we got some new additions on the walls. I know you listeners can't see, but uh, my man cave here at my uh, home office—it's uh, quite a studio. I, we a new addition to the walls. We printed out and framed some of the paranormal dad's uh, recent adventures over the past few years. We have a picture of our Hastings Bigfoot conference endeavor from 2018 we have our picture of our grand theater ghost investigation in 2019 and we also had to get uh, that that little photo of us in the in the woods of arkansas and oklahoma for the dogman expedition that we did this past fall yeah it's very so, cool does that make us vain to have pictures of us up in our in our man cave it's not so much pictures of us it's us on our adventures on i would say adventures. if these were like framed where we were like laying in like a bed of of leaves <laughs> you know or they're fond remembrances of, of the good times we have doing this fun stuff that we do. That's just it. Yeah. Well, it was hard choosing one picture per expedition. I was so tempted to get a to fr- a frame picture of Pat rappelling down the mountain. <laughs> yes. Off the side of a cemetery. <laughs> I from, sh- from our dogman trip. I shared that story last night. Uh, I was invited to a friend's birthday party uh, that was being hosted at a uh, baseball game. And uh, they had rented out a box, like one of those specialty little... I've never Uh been in one of these. Like a penalty box? Yes, a penalty box (laughs) where they throw baseballs at you and make fun of you. There you go. Um, No, but I was describing our our graveyard adventure looking for any sort of evidence or signs of any sort of dogman activity to a a good friend friend of the show, uh, Billy Peck. And he had heard none of this. Oh, really? And I was like, dude, it was on the episode. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm behind on a few episodes. I'm like, I get it, first of all. But I'm describing it to him. And as I'm describing it, I'm like, we did some crazy 
crazy stuff. That was amazing. Billy has yet to learn about my awesome repelling skills. <laughs> <laughs> Pat was a Sherpa in a past lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Catching. Actually, it was I was repelling, not repelling. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, no, you're not repelling. For I sure. was repelling myself off a cliff. It was so fun. Basically, I can't wait. It was to a f- controlled fall, is what it was. <laughs> if I ever go to another graveyard and I see a rope like that's tied to a tree like that, I'm just going to climb down it too. I'm just going to do it again every time. <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. See. The rope's here. I have hands. Let's do this. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's repel into this show, and I believe I'm up with recent sightings to kick off the first segment. So here we go. Down Ooh. the rope. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know I've done this before. Please don't fault me for being a repeat offender on this particular category. But Uh-oh. recent sightings, you know, I do this from time to time on my uh, my psychic medium Andy Myers Facebook page, and I'll admit sometimes it's out of self uh, selfish curiosity or, or need for entertainment. But sometimes I'll just throw it out there on a Friday or Saturday night, and I'll say, "Hey, everybody, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in recent years?" And then you watch the comments come in. Just flood in. Oh, my gosh. Some are ghost-related. You know, some are angelic. You know, of course, you have your signs and messages from departed loved ones in heaven. And some some are kind of too weird that they don't even really fit into a category. So you got to put them into the miscellaneous junk drawer, <laughs> so to speak. Well, how fun is it that you have this as kind of a thing anyway, that you can reach out to your, your already your audience in a way and then kind of mine it, <laughs> mine them for stories. <laughs> Give me your stuff. I hate to make it seem like I'm, you know, exploiting them for our own, you know, entertainment pleasure, but alas, you know, I did. I, I said, you know, what's the recent, you know, recent weird thing that's happened to you that comes to mind? And here are some of the, the people's recent sightings. And Double bonus, it's a shout-out to some of these people who inevitably listen to the show as well. So it's how fun is that? Yeah. So hi to Sarah Jackson, who she was quick draw McGraw on this uh, post, and she made the first comment. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She said, I saw white wisps and figures follow me through trees of a swamp in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's NOLA, right? I assume that was New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, I think so. NOLA. Yeah. Acronym. Yeah. I never heard that once, and I was like, is that the same as YOLO? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're so old. Anyway, Sarah said, white wispy figures followed her through the trees in the swamps of New Orleans. She says, I blacked out twice because of energy in the swamp, and I had Civil War soldiers rush up on me. They looked exactly like the zombies from Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh, snap. And she says she lost at least three minutes of time. Oh, wow. Ew. So when I read this, that that almost made me think of that uh, phenomenon that, that has been coined as the Mirrored Men, mm-hmm. which has been mentioned several times on the Monsters Among Us podcast. You know, but, you know, you see these weird kind of figures approach you and you, and you, you know, suddenly you're the... You know, you're having missing time. Yeah. So I don't know. She blacked out due to fear, due to anxiety. And those swamps, those have been featured actually on um, uh, Destination X, uh, the uh, show. With uh, Josh Gates. Josh Gates. And he has two other people now that kind of go with him on these adventures. And they did some Civil War soldier investigations in the swamps of Louisiana. And there was another... Uh, not to try to debunk anything, but there was another angle to this where there's a lot of swamp gas, which I know that's a big swamp gas. Swamp gas. <laughs> swamp gas. That's my wrestling name, by the way. Swamp, swamp gas. Swamp gas, Fossler. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> but the point is, they were saying like between 
uh, some of the high concentrations of methane that do get released that will actually ignite and you'll see little light flashes. Nothing to the extent of like maybe following you around, but you will see these little like poof, 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 like little sure. weird uh, things like that. So it's just interesting that that area is just very interesting. And you just wonder how, how, how high do, do these things typically go? Right. I mean, usually people are talking, I mean, the Air Force has passed off swamp gas as a explanation for UFOs. Forever. Forever. And they're talking about, you know, things that are hundreds of, if not thousands of feet in the air. And no. they're blaming swamp gas for yeah, that. Yeah, swamp gas is getting maybe, if you're lucky, maybe towards the treetops, kind of, but not beyond that. Yeah, even there, I, I would imagine that's pretty rare, high. Rare, for, yeah. Usually it's like, like inches that. above the water, right. usually. Well, it's that cliche skeptical excuse oh the swamp va- swamp gas reflecting off of venus right right <laughs> <laughs> there it is so sarah we don't claim to know what exactly you saw in new orleans but i'm going to go out on a limb and say it is in fact paranormal because you, you can't explain it but it happened and you saw it with your own eyes and you had a physiological response to it yeah you lost time so even if we can't explain it it is still in the category of paranormal another lady chimed in with a comment uh jessica wickersham and she said, last night, actually. So oh, this is recent. It's hot and fresh. Yeah. Yep. Last night, my sweet Gus, who passed last November, visited last night. I think I was awake, and he was a shimmery rainbow with his paws on my sleeping husband. He was see-through, but kind of like bubbles making stuff shimmery. And she says it was so pretty, and she loved Gus, and she misses him every day. So don't know if it says if Gus was a cat or a dog, but... Certainly a furry, four-legged member of the family, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a sweet one. Yeah, it is. I mean, bubbles, rainbow, you know, but sometimes in my experience talking with people, I think sometimes a visit from a, a pet, from a from a departed pet, it's, it is, it's sweet, it's innocent, it's simple. Sometimes it's, you know, just feeling paw prints on your, on your mattress at night, mm-hmm. if that was your cat's favorite spot to curl up, or, you know, you might hear a you know, uh, nails, you know, clicking on the kitchen tile floor that reminds you of your dog that you just lost. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, big shout out to Gus, who crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. And Man, Gus, doing, doing it right, visiting your owners one last time. I had that happen once. Not what, with Gus. What happened? What's, what not, was your experience? Not, not with Gus. I had a cat uh, years ago. Uh, the cat was named uh, Kenobi. Actually, no, this was not Kenobi. This was the cat Olivia. And, uh, you know, just kind of went into downhill real fast. And it was within a week, I would say. It wasn't the first couple of days. It was less than a week uh, after, uh, you know, we had said goodbye to Olivia. Literally that night going to bed, heard an audible meowing in my house. And I was the one in my brain was like, well, that's weird. Did the classic thing. Went to bed, woke up the next day. And then it was my uh, my wife at the time who goes, um, did you, did you hear a meowing last night? And I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't going to say anything. That's crazy. So she heard it completely independent of me. Yeah. And then, so we, it was just nuts. This, this, this audible in the house. Cause you can tell when something's right. in your hallway yes. versus outside in the, in the yard. So anyway, yeah, I'm with, I, I think pets come back to say something. Yeah. Little, little, I love you from the afterlife, if you will, their soul still survives in some capacity but it's you got to love paranormal experiences where there's two or more witnesses because like you said you weren't going to say anything but when you have another person who independently validates your same experience it's like wow a you're not crazy and b you know animals do survive into the afterlife it's pretty cool 
All right, so this one comes with photographic evidence. Ooh. This one left me with my jaw open. I looked at this one, too. This is crazy. <laughs> if you you're seen just, this one yet? If you're just yeah. listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, go on our Paranormal Dads Facebook page and go to May 22nd. That's the day that we are recording this, and this is the day that I posted this particular... I, basically, what I did is I took a screenshot from the post on my psychic medium Andy Myers page, and I put that screenshot on the Paranormal Dads page. But this this entry came from somebody named Lindsay Brenecki Vargas. And she said, My niece wanted to see how long her hair was, so my sister stood behind her and snapped a photo. She then realized she was not in the photo, and they were standing in front of the mirror. So she didn't move a muscle, and she snapped again another picture, and sure as heck, there she was uh, in the mirror. And she included both the photos. And one... And check out again. Check out our Facebook page from uh, May twenty second. Clear as day. There's yeah. a, a, a little girl, you know, standing in front of the mirror with nobody behind her. And then in the next photograph, you can see the lady who's taking the actual photo, and she's she's behind the girl in the mirror. Like it's, it, I'm sorry, that's physically impossible to to take your phone and take a picture of the mirror and you you not be there. Are you kidding me? That is weird. Are you that's kidding weird. me? The only way to do that would be a pretty impressive Photoshop. I mean, and that's it. And even yeah. then, it's like, that's just crazy. You know, and what is, you know, what would Lindsay be benefiting from doing no, it? Nothing. nothing. And I'm, just, I'm not saying she did. I'm just saying that's the only way to possibly no. do yeah, that. It's, it's crazy. And it left me with goosebumps. And it's, I don't know, truly paranormal. I don't know. It has to do something with light refraction, physics. I don't know. It couldn't be a glitch in the iPhone. There's just no way. Uh, how would a glitch in the iPhone specifically I mean, leave out... A person. It doesn't make any sense. And everything else. That you know, is. I think it's a screen grab from Andy's page you put on our paranormal dad's yeah. page. Um, it's uh, what I my current theory on this photo on this thing is that we are. I, I'm still not unconvinced. You're gonna say matrix. That we you? don't live in a simulation, yeah, and we, at some point, the uh, her her there was a glitch. Yeah. And yeah. Her her mirror image got swallowed up in it for a second. Yeah. So so crazy. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it's kind of weird. If you take a picture of yourself in a mirror, it's kind of like a picture. It's an image within an image within an image within an image. It, it you know, it goes deep down that rabbit hole <laughs> in the simu- computer simulation that is our reality. It was like, <laughs> just crashed. Well, yeah, and to get that, I mean, when any listeners looking at this, when you look at the actual photos, to get the photo the way it was before, you there's no. That's the first part that gets you after a second. You're like, how is this photo in front of a mirror, but nobody is in the mirror? It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I got, I got nothing. Yeah. It makes your head spin. Uh, here's one that's kind of in the wheelhouse of your message from your cat, Olivia, Eddie. And this was from somebody who wrote in. Her name is Annie Randall. And she said that she heard her daughter's voice plain as day. Uh, she walked in the house and hollered, Mom, only problem is that she wasn't home. Uh, Annie says, I turned away from what I was doing and so did my dog. Uh, it was creepy and cool. <laughs> smiley face emoji with sunglasses. There you go. <laughs> See, that's when you know you have somebody who's a true paranormal fan is when something like that happens, they don't go, oh my gosh, that's scary. They go, that's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even her dog heard it. You know, dogs yeah. have impeccable hearing. The dog heard a voice say mom as well. The child who who said that is, isn't even home. 
You got yourself a paranormal pickle there. I mean, we're back to the paranormal pets, but it's like, you know, when you have your cat or dog or, or whatever react to something that either you feel in the house or you, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm not alone. And then your dog or cat acts like something's there too. You're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy and cool. <laughs> How many cats do you have at your house nowadays, Pat? 72. Uh, we have three. Oh, wait, three? Right now. Jeez. And uh, one of them is very upset right now because... My wife and uh, also my daughter have been um, out of the house all weekend. They're, they're on various trips. And so the the youngest male who has his entire life been around humans, uh, he's, he's a pandemic cat. We got him very early in the pandemic, and there's always been people around. He's just kind of going through withdrawal, and he wanders the house crying, and especially looking for the girls he likes to cuddle up with the girls especially yeah. um when he's forced to he'll come sit with me but <laughs> but he's not very happy about it uh he also with the nice weather outside he's been wanting to go outside and we don't typically let our cats outside you know unless it's under strict supervision but um yeah so he's been kind of a bum uh, bummed out this weekend and I've been dealing with it. <laughs> so much like a ghost in a haunted mansion, he wanders the halls moaning and yowling. And yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Poor Rat- buddy. Rattling tiny chains. <laughs> Tripping me up. He's been underfoot all weekend. Oh, that, that's when they're trying to kill you. Yeah. That's when you're top of the stairs, yeah. and the cat's like, meow. You're like, Go down the steps, meow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're laying on the bottom of the steps with a twisted up neck, <laughs> and they're on top of you. Meow, meow. They can rub their head up against <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. Wanting to get some food. I'm dying. Because if you're if you lay in a heap on the bottom of the stairs for long enough, you'll become the food. So yeah, you yeah. better get right. up and feed them. Oh, there was one point I remember I was in the kitchen cooking, and I was literally I had I couldn't have had a bigger, stabbier looking knife in my hands. I had the biggest butcher <laughs> knife you could have ever seen, and, and I was like cleaning up like pieces of steak. I was like you know taking off fat and stuff, and I was just turning around. I'm like do do do, holding this knife in my hand, and the cat is in my legs. He's like mm, I love you, bro. Like mashed up against me, and I about fell. On a knife, <laughs> like it would have been amazing. <laughs> It'd have been like up to its handle on my chest. You go oh! into the ER and tell him my cat stabbed me, dude. It Bearded so... man impaled himself exactly. by cat. Exactly. <laughs> the scene you walk in and I'm just laying face down on a skillet and the cat, <laughs> the cat's just. And there's a deceased cat. Eddie meowing from beyond. <laughs> meow, meow. All right, I got one more for you. Uh, sent in by Carrie Tenkel. Tenkel, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, what Carrie said, quote. A tall figure of a man with a boiler hat. Two nights ago, didn't see something, but a man's voice said something right into my ear after I had just gone to bed. Uh, she says she didn't recognize the language, though, but she thought it was pretty awesome. Hmm. So here we have a foreign-speaking gentleman whispering sweet nothings in her ear. That's pretty forward. <laughs> she, didn't <laughs> say, she didn't say what, uh, what language it was in. But I mean, I would think a ghost speaking a different language is more scary than a ghost speaking a language you would understand. At least you know what the message is. You're like, man, yeah. this thing's like, get out. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> this ghost is cultured. Just like, <laughs> she's bilingual. Je suis le poisson rouge. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Bonjour. <laughs> anyway, but you know, it, it just it just proves that you know ghosts are not confined by the. Same laws of physics, you know, time and space exist differently to them. You could have a ghost sneak in who speaks French, Spanish, Chinese. You know, it could be somebody who spoke a native dialect before your house was even a house. 
you know. Uh, I think some ghosts are drawn to properties or land or places. And then, of course, on the flip side, you have, you know, ghosts who may who may be literally haunting a specific house. You know, dear old grandpa who built the house with his bare hands and doesn't want anybody to renovate it kind of deal. But I think of ghosts and time not being linear. So we have ghosts that would die, like, you know, people that would die today that somehow show up in the past. And it's like talking to some guy in the in the old timey era. He's like, what does YOLO mean? I heard a ghost tell me this. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote Y-O-L-O on my mirror. <laughs> Odds bodskins. So I, while, while, while we're talking yeah. uh, some of the, um, you know, the, social media stuff we actually i have a paranormal email to share with us Ooh. uh from um i'll just say her first name amanda i'm not sure if she wanted to share it share it or not but um she sent us an email she's talking about sasquatch what i know about them so far she has this long list of of things that she knows about sasquatch i thought i'd share it so they are mimics they frequent areas you will find coyotes and the food to sustain them. They are able to create infrasound at many different levels. It tends to cause confusion, delirium, sickness, etc. I totally believe that. Yeah. Uh, they are interdimensional and can stay invisible to the human eye. You might hear them, but you can't see them. So, and that—that's kind of a—that uh, goes both ways in the Bigfoot community. Some people say it's more of a physical creature, like a, a just an undiscovered animal. Yep. Other people say it's more of a paranormal type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they are telepathic. Uh, she is Amanda's heard it called mind speak. Uh, they leave marks in the wood with trees, sticks, rocks, etc. They lean more towards nocturnal living. They will usually keep their distance and watch uh, when they are curious. If not threatened, they may interact, but prefer to keep them to themselves. If they don't want you around, they will use scare tactics, like m making you, your alarm senses go off, throw things at you, but not actually hit you. Uh, if they don't want you there, you will know because they will do everything to chase you off. Uh, let's see. It's almost like they are escorting you out of the area in a very terrifying way. On very rare occasions, you can create a line of communication and possibly a relationship between you and them. Uh, some have a quick temper, and they don't go by the same rules as we do, so careful how you interact with them. They are masters of disguise, great at hiding and moving through an area quickly and silently. Uh, they can move through the trees, water, and land with ease. Some people see balls of light or even a UFO sighting just before seeing them. That's kind of an interesting one. I haven't heard that one. Uh, there is always more than one, so keep it in mind if you ever decide to go looking for them or accidentally stumble across one. So thank you for that, Amanda. That's cool. There you go. Sh Everything you need to know about the big guy. And there may be something to that, what she said about them tending to run with the company of coyote, you know, coyotes, because when we were in the Ozarks in 2016, you remember we did hear that Bigfoot howl, and it was immediately after we heard a pack of coyotes yipping a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there was that distinctive, not, was, not a coyote. Not a coyote sound. Yeah. yeah. And was I just imagining it, or we were standing, one point that night, we are standing across from a campfire, and there was a coyote, like, right on the other side of the campfire. Do there you guys were, remember that? They yeah. were, because they were cooking okay. bacon. Yeah. They were yeah. cooking <laughs> bacon on the campfire, and, and the coyotes were, like, they, 10 they feet away. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it was crazy. I'm glad they, I wasn't imagining that. They, they were saying if you cook bacon, it's an attracting 
Bigfoot. Ele- element yeah. of Bigfoot too. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, I, I'd, I, I'd come into the camp if I, I know bacon. Like, <laughs> I'd be stuck in a bear trap and find a way there. I'm like, eh, crawl. You'd still eat the bacon, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. With your foot in the trap and everything. I'd be like, just give it to me. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, the thing that gets me about the metaphysical versus physical is like I vacillate between the two too. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I think it just might be an animal. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm like, is this does this thing exist in like a separate dimension and it can kind of like. And maybe not even within itself. Does it just know of like a portal? Does it, as a species, do they know where to go where like those two worlds are kind of conjoined and mm-hmm. like certain times of the year they can be like, yeah, it's, we, we can walk through to the other, the yeah, other world with these hairless apes running around <laughs> in cars <laughs> and tin cans. <laughs> I once on a documentary, this was years ago, but I heard somebody propose a pretty interesting hypothesis as to how this might work. So you have interdimensional, you know, possibly interdimensional creatures such as Bigfoot or what what have you, Mothman, you know, pick your cryptid. So what if our entire universe is set up as like a, basically like a big hotel mm-hmm. and on each floor you have your own dimension. So on our floor, floor number seven, let's say, you have Earth with humans. Mm-hmm. And the floor right below us, floor six, you have Bigfoot. And below that you have, you know, ghostly realms or what have you. Is it is it possible, you know, for a creature to some sometimes accidentally get on the elevator and, you know, they accidentally travel to the wrong floor, open up the doors, we catch a, a, a quick glimpse of them before the door closes up? And it could go both ways. You know, what if some people, there's been cases of a people going missing or slipping, you know, disappearing, never to be seen again. What if they accidentally you know, got off on the wrong floor and, and you know, they were an in, in, uh, inadvertent visitor in the Bigfoot world. And yeah. there's, you know, Bigfoot families out there cooking bacon and you accidentally see a human in your camp. You're like, what? what is that? Yep. The accidental dimensional slip. Yeah. <laughs> see, that would be my rock name. That's Andy's. Band. Dimensional <laughs> slip. <laughs> We'd open for Slipknot. <laughs> well... There, there, there you have it for uh, recent sightings, a little bit of uh, recent emails, recent Facebook posts. But thanks for everybody who, who writes in. We, we appreciate it. We love using the content, and uh, we'll continue to do that. So coming up next, Pop Culture and the Paranormal with Mr. Eddie Fossler. I got this one. It's time for Pop Culture and the Paranormal. So y'all know me. I'm wearing my Alamo Drafthouse hat right now as we record. I'm a big fan of the movies and movie theaters. I love theaters in general. You know, they're just kind of nice. Little, talk about portals. Talk about dimensions. I mean, this is a, it takes you away to a whole different world. Yeah. You know, Pat, the magic in his eyes whenever he talks about Star Wars when he was a, you know, nine-year-old. Was it nine? Seven. Seven. I'm, ooh, I'm trying to age you. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it's this notion of like taking you away to a whole new world. So I was thinking, let's talk about movies that actually experienced hauntings on the set of those movies. Nice. Uh, Movies that were essentially borderline cursed. (laughs) They were haunted so much. And so these movies, not all of them, there's a ton of movies that have had this. Then this uh, list will focus more on scary movies that that were haunted. Okay. And maybe one of them is not so much scary, but there is a ghost element in the movie. Sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a list of 10. So here we go, everybody. You ready? And hey, Paranormal Dad's Fun Times, Andy and Pat, let me know if you've heard of these movies. Okay. Uh, the first one on our list is a movie called Annabelle. Yeah. 
about a, yep. ha- a haunted duel. Heard of it. Sounds yeah. wicked scary. It's wicked scary. Never it's seen scary. it. Never seen it. Uh, the first came. There's there's uh, several situations on this film set, but the first one came when they found three lines drawn through a dusty window, which looked like finger marks, and nobody knew who did it. They were trying to figure out who had done that. Um, the second X uh, thing had happened when the first shot had come through for a scene with a demon and the actor went upstairs, the demon actor went upstairs to an elevated area and as they were walking down the hallway, a giant glass fixture fell on an actor's head. Uh, And to make matters even creepier, in the script, in the same hallway, the demon character is supposed to kill the janitor. So, but not with the chandelier. The chandelier coming down on him was a whole different thing. It's like art imitating life. Is that is that how they say it? Yeah, or, or life, life imitating, imitating art. art. Yeah. yeah, or death imitating art. Look at that. <laughs> Boom! What's up? <laughs> uh, the next movie. Uh, so let's see if you've heard of this one. Uh, it's The Exorcist. A little yeah. movie called The Exorcist. Have you yeah. seen that movie? Ben? I I don't know that I've seen it from start to finish. I've seen little bits and pieces of okay. it. Okay, you know, I haven't seen it. I've, I've, I've never sat through it. It's it's a slow burn. It's definitely a slow burn, but isn't that? I think there was a, there might have been a remake, but I think the original one was back in the eighties, perhaps, uh, or late maybe seventies, late seventies. Yeah. But is that the one where the head spins around and with the projectile vomiting? Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, several deaths linked to people who worked on the film, uh, including Jack McGowan and Vasiliki Marlios. That could That's be, a name for you. Uh, who both died during post production. Um, Let's see here. Uh, one of the creepiest examples on set, which uh, when the set caught on fire, destroyed the entire set except for the room that the girl, the possessed girl was in. Uh, <laughs> also, an actress injured her back when she was thrown to the ground. Oh, the person playing the possessed girl threw an actress to the ground, which resulted in a scream that can be heard in the film. So someone's screaming for real because they got like legit injured. Does that remind you of your back injury, Eddie? Yes, I but you were you were injured by your by your shoe. My shoe, my haunt, <laughs> my haunted shoe. I went down to go put it on. I like twisted my back. You know, you like like normal. Like, oh, I'm gonna go put my shoe on, and it like hurt. And I'm like, this is what almost 45 looks like. Everybody, <laughs> I hurt my back trying to tie my shoe. It's just as scary as demons. I tell you what, man, it took the breath out of me. Um, number eight, Rosemary's Baby. Nope. Has anyone? You've it. not seen it. No. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I I haven't seen I've heard it, of it, heard but of I haven't it. seen it. Yeah. Uh, producer William Castle, who was also hospitalized for kidney stones, supposedly hallucinated in the, in the hospital and yelled, Rosemary, for God's sakes, drop the knife. Uh, le- leading up to her death, Roman Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate, is said to have become interested in the occult after not getting the lead role in Rosemary's Baby. Um... See here, a pregnant Tate was brutally stabbed to death by the Manson family in 1969, which was rumored as a ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may have heard of that. Part. I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Lennon was even killed across the street from the from the Dakota where Rosemary's Baby was filmed. Oh, so it's a very very heavy Hollywood in general. You know, it's just a a very haunted place. You know, you got a lot of people going out there you know putting all their eggs in one basket with their hopes and dreams and making it big and it's just a lot of tragedy a lot of a lot of haunting a lot of yeah kind of residual energy out there uh poltergeists oh yeah oh uh, you guys remember that one i've who, seen that one who is the main uh it's probably the only scary movie i've seen 
More than once, actually. I usually don't repeat on scary movies. But you've seen that more I've than I've seen once. that a couple of times. Yeah. I was trying to think of the uh, Craig T. Nelson. That's yeah. who it is. Yeah. name of the actor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the few that he did that was like that level of scary, I believe. And um, it's not a rumor. Um, the scene in which the characters fall into a swimming pool, a swimming pool filled with skeletons, unbeknownst to the cast, the skeletons were actually real human skeletons. What? The reason what? why they did that wasn't for authenticity. It was because they were cheaper than fake ones. You can buy skeletons? I did not know that. I'm going to go off on a limb here and say that these are the people who donate their bodies to like science, science. air quotes. And uh, this is not to be a macabre episode, but I have had some new information given to me recently by people in my life that when one does that, when you donate it to science, it's just whatever they decide they need you for. So it's not like you can be like, I want to be used for this kind of science. No, right. it's just science. And so science means whatever they need. And once they're done with you for science... You end up in a swimming pool in a movie. <laughs> you could be in a so swimming So maybe pool. even in death, your Hollywood dreams can come true. You right? can be in a big motion picture. Like your ghost is talking to another ghost. It's like, bro, did you see me in Poltergeist, bro? I was a skeleton. I was, I was a skeleton. I was on the, the shallow end of the pool, though, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't judge. Don't judge. But yeah, that's my Look, look, look. You see, see my femur. <laughs> Put it on your resume. <laughs> your ghostly resume. If you look in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, you can see my femur in the pool. Yeah, so. are these people crazy? Credited as skeletons. See, that would be one. amazing. You know they didn't. <laughs> skeletons in pool, and they just list all these people's names. Yeah, people starting lawsuits. My grandpappy's skeleton was in that pool. I didn't see any royalties from it. <laughs> His finger bone was in there. I knew it was him. I want 0.008%. Um, so and after, let's see here. Um, Heather O'Rourke died at the age of 12 due mm. to cardiac to cardiac arrest. Now was it was that yeah. the no that was, was the little girl. The little girl. Yeah. On the set of the sequel. Okay. Of that movie really? as well. Yeah. I thought it was Drew Barrymore was a little girl in that. No, she was in E.T. E.T. Okay, E.T. Yeah. And a fun little uh, little nugget here. Uh, this might be a little too much for the kids, so maybe cover their ears. She was also in Firestarter, I think. Was that Drew Barrymore? I, mm, she, I she was in a few different things as a kid, I suppose. Um, an actor who played a construction worker in the original film later on in life was uh, chopped into pieces by an ex-convict. See, nice. I see. I think sometimes they get a little loosey goosey with the haunted, with the haunted, yeah. because technically that, I mean. I don't know. You 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 could take a morbid approach to anyone who's ever done, done a movie, and you could you know a hundred people make a movie later in life. Catastrophe happens to many of them. Well, it could be unrelated to the movie. You know, that's just it. Um, there's a movie called The Possession. I have not heard of this one. Uh, I've not I've heard of this heard. one. It stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a father who buys his daughter an antique box, which happens to house a malicious spirit. And uh, in this. Um, on the set of this movie, um, the crew was also holding all the film's prop and storage, um, which lights would explode on set, and people would complain about feeling cold drafts all over the place, even when there was no reason for them to have that. Hmm. Exploding lights. By the way, Drew Barrymore was not in Firestarter. That yeah. Was, uh, maybe Rianne Kiera Armstrong or Ryan Kiera Armstrong. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, the Amityville Horror, which we all have probably seen, the original. 
I've seen parts of it. Yep. I'm not sure I've seen the whole thing. But. Um, uh, based on an actual account of a haunted house that was in uh, Amityville. Was that um, was not Wisconsin? Amityville. I think it was in yeah. in the Northeast. Yeah, it was yeah. like New England. It was back east someplace. Um, the uh, the film itself had a few weird things happening on it, mostly like clothing being moved and put in places people couldn't explain. Nothing really crazy here. But in the remake of the movie, which starred Ryan Reynolds in 2005, he found himself consistently being woken up by something he couldn't explain at 3.15 in the morning every time. And during filming, police found a body near the boathouse. That is... Uh, where the set, the movie was mm. set. Mm. Uh, the next film down the list here, number four, The Conjuring. That's a fairly newer one. If you guys have not seen that one, yep. I've heard it's one of a very. It's a very scary movie. It's regarded, and I think the Annabelle's connected movie is connected I, to I that. I think they're somehow connected. Yeah, yeah and I, I have not seen The Conjuring's, but it's a whole franchise. I don't. I don't know how many how many episodes or how many uh, versions of it, how many sequels. But I, I'm actually friends with. Uh, Andrea Perone. Okay. Uh, and she, this, the whole Conjuring movie series is based off of her family's real life uh, events in their haunted farmhouse up in uh, Rhode Island. That's crazy. And so, so she wrote a series of books. Uh, I believe the books are called House of Light, House of Darkness. You've not seen this movie? Though? I haven't seen, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather go into a real haunted house than to watch a fake movie about haunted houses. The jump I, factor gets me. I just I can't, you. I just can't do it. But, Andrea was telling me, obviously, Hollywood took some creative liberties with it, but she says, no, a lot of it is based off of, you know, it's rooted in true events. But yeah, Have you crazy. seen it, Pat? No, I haven't. No. Um, there is a young girl played by Joey King in the film that's attacked by a witch in the movie. Uh, but somehow, but despite doing no stunts or not, and not getting injured on set, uh, one day she woke up and her body was covered in bruises. Couldn't explain. Yeah. yeah. She was like injured while, while, while she was sleeping. Uh, the Ring 2, the sequel. I've not seen Dude, the sequel. Have I've you seen <laughs> the sequel? No, I've seen, I saw The Ring 1. Yeah. Scared me to my core. Yes, me too. Like, I was like, I'm good. That's yeah. enough. Yep. I'm still traumatized by it. I never saw the two. I saw the first ring, and then later on, I saw the same people had done a movie called uh, The Grudge. The Grudge. And The Grudge, yeah, see, look at you. Oh. Scared me to death. I don't think I slept right for a month. <laughs> I did not see this. There you go. Pat's okay. <laughs> the Grudge is, is terrible. I went to see The Grudge by myself when oh. I was a teenager in a mostly empty movie theater. Were you a teenager when that came out, The Grudge? Well, what year did it come out? I was in my teens or early 20s. I was back so, when I watched gotta scary be your movies. Gotta early 20s. Early 20s. Yeah. yeah, I watched scary movies back then. and Nope, no thanks. Uh, behind the scenes feature from the movie... Uh, Naomi Watts uh, claimed to have felt weird vibrations during the entire time of filming. Uh, the set was also completely flooded at one point. Uh, was not part of the movie, which defl- uh, which was they all found strange because in the movie, uh, flooding and drowning was a theme in the, that movie. So they all found that to be really strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie down the list here is Ghost. I That's the movie it. with Patrick Swayze. I did see this one. And um, the big thing with that one is that the uh, Heather O'Rourke's ghost was on the set of the film. From Poltergeist. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, let me see your ghost of the film. Uh, O'Rourke passed away months before Poltergeist 3 was released. 
People working on the film claim to have heard someone running up the catwalks and also a child laughing during the filming of Ghost. It's believed that Aurora enjoyed climbing on the catwalks and Ghost was filmed at stage 19 where Aurora had filmed episodes of Happy Days. Hmm. Yeah, I remember her in Happy Days. Yeah. She was like uh, the daughter of a gal that Fonzie was dating. So there's your Happy Days trivia. There you go. There you go. Uh, Let's see here. And finally, The Omen, which I've not seen. The Omen. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Gregory Peck started off, the original star of the film, Gregory Peck, uh, traveled in planes that were both struck by lightning. Uh, Gregory Peck uh, was apparently so bothered during filming, he shot himself in the head a few months before shooting was set to start. Wow. Um, There's another part in this where there were baboons in the movie, and the baboons apparently could never be settled down, even by their trainer, the guy that known them, that they were always getting upset. Get those baboons under control. (laughs) <laughs> like, we see ghosts. We see Gregory Peck's ghosts. Paranormal baboons. And, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of strange things going on with the set of this to the effect where the animal trainer died the next day uh, after a tiger got a hold of his head. That'll, um, that'll do it, uh, poor guy. And so, yeah, so I'm with you. Haunted is probably a strong word, but certainly tragic, weird crap happening on these uh, on these movie sets as they're yeah. trying to tell these scary stories. Couple honorable mentions, uh, which kind of in this wheelhouse. But d- did you guys hear that old uh, kind of rumor that in the background of the Wizard of Oz, in one of the trees, you can see like a silhouette of a guy hanging from a noose? Yes, and I think, I I think I've, I've heard seen that screen captures of this. I think I've seen it too. I don't know if there's any validity to that, or if that was a prop, or if that was. I don't know. I don't know what the legend is, but I think you can actually see it in the movie if you yeah. pause at the right moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to try to see that again. Not that I'm that kind of guy, but it's just like you want to see if it's, you know, a fake thing. And someone's like, hey, man, I'm going to play a joke. Or yeah. someone actually, like, off themselves. I mean, yeah. that'd be crazy. There's so many things that happen off camera. Like, yeah. it was, I've seen Star Wars a hundred times, and I had never noticed that stormtrooper that hits his head coming into yeah. the room. Yeah. As the door's opening, he's like, yeah. bonk. bonk. <laughs> and it just stayed in. Yeah. And it's like, that's hilarious. But there's so many things that escape your eyes, so I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me if there was some weird background thing of... Yeah. You know, some dude standing there. But yeah, hey, hey, do you have a list of movies or shows that you know experience some haunted activity on the sets? Uh, be sure to send uh, any lists or any thoughts you have on that to any of our social medias. All right, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, thank you, guys. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off the main mystery with a little disclaimer. Things might get a little dark in this story. There's kind of some creepy stuff that goes on, creepy stuff that's mentioned. Maybe not the best thing for young children. If you've got your little ones listening to the show, this might be a good time to, you know, go watch. Uh, put on the earmuffs. Go put, watch. Go watch, watch some Barney or something. Yeah. If you, know. you had to movie rate this, what would you just guess it would be? I'd say it's definitely a PG thirteen. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we go for full bore R. No. But uh, no pirate definitely a PG thirteen here. So anyway, you've been warned. You've been warned. We are going to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. Which is a spot in Massachusetts 
the triangle itself can be identified by connecting the dots between three cities. There's Abington to the north. Uh, you go to the southeast to Freetown, and then you go back over to the southwest to Ruhobith. 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 Yeah, uh, I love me a good triangle. Yeah. Don't you, Eddie? <laughs> so, I love trying my favorite shape. I got but, one on my arm. A lot of my notes are, are based on this documentary I watched on Amazon Prime Video. It was a, a movie called, the, or actually a documentary called Bridgewater Triangle, and it was directed by Aaron Kudo and Manny Famolaire. Famolema Ding Dong? <laughs> Have easier <laughs> names, people. <laughs> Apologies, Manny. So, <laughs> so um, in 1983, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman published his book, Mysteries in America, Mysterious America, a book which I haven't read. Have you guys no, read, I've not. read of that nope. one? I'd love to. Um, in it, he described a 200-square-mile region of southeastern Massachusetts with a long history of strange paranormal and sometimes sinister activity. And that's where he came up with, he called that region the Bridgewater Triangle. Okay. So there, there's basically two hot spots in this this triangle uh, where the bulk of the activity takes place. Uh, Hockamock Swamp is, is one of them, and Freetown Fall River State Forest is the other. In these places, uh, it's common to have ghost hauntings, cryptic animal sightings, UFO encounters, there's been cattle mutilations, and also evidence of satanic ritual sacrifice. So we're going there soon. We are going there soon. We need to. <laughs> Has everything. Yeah. Actually, I will be up around those parts uh, this this fall just yesterday. Yes, you're going on an exciting trip. Yep, just yesterday, my sister and I and our good friend Anna, we booked our reservations and plane tickets to Salem, Massachusetts for the third week of September. So is, is, so is Salem kind of right? In, it has to be right in that wheelhouse You know, I, I haven't... I haven't looked at the map, so I'm not sure. If, I didn't hear any references to Salem, so okay. I'm not sure it's in the triangle. Mm. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of creepy stuff that goes on in that state. It's not, the, it's not the biggest state. so It's little. It's itty-bitty. I mean, even you know? if Salem's not in the triangle, you would assume you'd be like hour drive from it, maybe. Oh, yeah. But if you've been paying attention to our Twitter feed, mm-hmm. over the past uh, couple of weeks, I've been doing a 50 and 50 deal where where each day I'll send out a tweet about one particular paranormal topic that is associated with a given state. So I'm just kind of going in alphabetical order. And when I came to Massachusetts, it was a pretty easy choice to make. I just... Bridgewater Triangle. Bridgewater Triangle. <clears throat> so yeah, catch that on our Twitter feed. Uh, it's probably still going on. It'll probably go, go on until about, I think, the middle of June. I think I started it on Mother's Day yeah. or May 1st or yeah. somewhere... Yeah, box. some people are digging that. I can see that on our Twitter. Yeah, we've feed. been getting like, some good response, and I appreciate the the people who reach out and have been liking it. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Gives me something to do at night. This triangle uh, reminds me of what we talked about just previously in recent sightings. Is we're we're talking about areas that I I'm convinced are like portals or like have some sort of like thin vibrational connection to other places 
And, and why is it always a triangle too? What is it about a triangle? I think I think a triangle is a spookier shape than well. You think about like it's a the, square. It's the simplest shape you could possibly have <laughs> and have a shape, right? Because right. because a, a triangle is just a third point relative to just having a line. This right? is true. So it's like if you're gonna have anything that's gonna work, this is just me doing. It's gonna be a simple shape, right? It yeah. won't be like a hect, you know, a, a, a hectagon. Is that even a word? <laughs> <laughs> Bermuda Triangle sounds a lot cooler than the Bermuda Square. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Squaw. It's like you have like, you know, the dodecahedron of, <laughs> of, the, of the Midwest. It's like, I think, honestly, triangles, and we get into all sorts of stuff, but triangles get into like um, esoteric and like um, sacred geometry type stuff, too, where triangles are kind of used as a way to kind of communicate uh, intelligence and like the mathematical prowess of a civilization. You come back to triangles and angles and, and the all great, these things. Great pyramids. And you think yeah. about pentagrams. You know, it's all triangles, it's, baby. It's all triangles. Yeah, I got a triangle-shaped meteorite right back there on my bookshelf. Bat, bat. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, but it's like I'm just, I'm just in my guts. I'm convinced that these areas are like like conjunction points that create this. Literally, you just said everything. You know, you yeah. know, you know, cryptids, ghosts, aliens, and even like you know, ritualistic things. It's like cool. <laughs> we should go. So, um, it, they believe all this possibly started. Uh, it was actually the mistreatment of the area's Native American population in the 1600s mm-hmm. that was the basis of a lot of the negative energy uh, in this area. Uh, there was an uprising known as King Philip's War. Have you guys ever heard of I've never of heard of King, King Philip's, Philip's War. War. So King Philip was actually a Wamp- Wampanoag Native American chief who led the conflict um, that uh, spread through the settlements in the region. So it was basically you have the, the uh, settlers coming over from England and they are taking the land and basically pushing the, the Native peoples out and uh, they kind of had enough of it. And so a brutal war, uh, an uprising began, and, and heavy casualties were felt on both sides, although it was more like 500 people on the English settlers' side versus like 3,000 people on the indigenous people's side mm. um, were killed by the end of this thing. So even King Philip was captured, and he was actually put to death and beheaded and the English troops posted his head on a pike for Ooh. reportedly 20 years outside of one of their forts. That's going to do it. So 20 years? That's, that's 20 not going to age well. No. Better put that thing in some formaldehyde or right? some salt on it or something. Like a Tupperware jar? You went straight up <laughs> Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Like, putting yeah. people's heads on poles. Pretty maybe. brutal for a so-called you know civilized society, right? Well, I mean... You could easily argue that. <laughs> Not so similar. Uh, so how long did the war last again? Uh, I don't have, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I was just going to say that's a heck of a grudge. 20 years? Yeah. 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 So it, it probably went on for some time. But, you know, considering they didn't have, you know, a lot of the weapons of mass destruction that we have today, you yeah. know, it probably took a little while to kill know, 4,000 people. I was going to say. But that leaves a pretty heavy imprint yes. on a triangle or yes, whatever and, and that's, geographic area. So the English troops ultimately prevailed on this, and uh, the Native peoples were put into slavery. Uh, as a result, some people believe that the Native American curse, a Native American curse was placed on the area, and that fuels the dark energy out, still at work today. 
some people believe King Philip's War was not the cause of the, the activity, though. Uh, they just believe it was another byproduct of the energy that was already mm. there. Okay. So you can kind of look at it both ways. But now we're going to, I love this name, Hackamock Swamp. Yeah. So More this like is... Hackamock Swamp. <laughs> yeah. Putting heads Tui. on sticks and, jeez, yuck. So this is kind of uh, one of the two main hotspots um, where most of the activity takes place. And Hockamock is a wildlife management area. Um, and the word Hockamock is actually Algonquin for place where spirits dwell. Oh. And, and I hear, I read that and I just think of uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. It's Algonquin for Al- Alice. The good land. <laughs> Alice Cooper. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Millie Walgay is Algonquin for the good the land. Good land. <laughs> so it's Algonquin for the place where spirits dwell. And and that's I've seen pictures of this place. It is very much a swampy, creepy looking place, something you would imagine Scooby Doo and his friends are running around in, you yeah. know, very heavy vegetation mm-hmm. in a swampy, marshy area. Like you said, Andy, it's not a big state, but those upper New England states have a crazy variety when it comes to like the landscape. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't peg Massachusetts. When I think of Massachusetts, I don't think of swamps. You know, mm-hmm. you think of yeah. Florida, Louisiana, yeah. the Bayou area. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. It was formed like six thousand years ago by uh, an iceberg, oh. and it melted down. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where you know a lot of the water, all that mush, <laughs> dates back. Yeah. So the area actually contains thousands of graves dating back to 8,000 years ago, um, and it was uh, formed by a glacier. It's, it's ancient. It also serves as, served as a hideout for many of the tribes during the King Philip's War, and they would launch attacks from that area. So it was actually a very good place for them because you know, they knew the land. They knew where to go, where to hide, mm-hmm. and then they could come out at select times and... Um, attack British settlers. uh, Some of the things that are consistent with the reports that come out of that area is the feeling of being watched. Uh, There's been plentiful Bigfoot sightings, huge bird sightings, like we're talking Thunderbirds. Yes. Uh, Huge snakes. They describe them as snakes the size of stovepipes. What? So really thick, some large snakes. Phantom panthers. And red-eyed dogs. Ooh, they got a little variety going this on there. This area, man, has me excited. Yeah. Phantom Panthers. I love it. So uh, Bigfoot is probably the most common strange inhabitant there. There was re- one report in the early 1970s. Check this. When a Bigfoot reportedly lifted up the back end of a police car. There we go. So this report is coming from a police officer How that said you... Bigfoot picked up my car. Dude. Tossing it around like a Tonka truck, huh? Right. Yeah. So um, there, there's also the giant s- snakes, uh, largest stovepipes. Workers in the swamp during the Depression said s- the snake sightings were, were a common occurrence. Yeah. I don't know what kind of snakes you would think, you know, maybe some kind of like an anaconda or something. Yeah, some sort of constrictor. But those, again, yeah. you think Florida, you think like Central and South America. You don't yeah. think Massachusetts. No. That's Not crazy. Boston you'd Mass. Be, you'd think it'd be way too cold for, for something like that. It's, Forget about it. Man. <laughs> we could um, sneak. We could big sneak. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, Tommy, chop its head off. <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> you like them apples? He yells at a headless snake. snake. 
one of the popular uh, cat sightings is, is called the Mansfield Mystery Cat uh, in 1993. Uh, he was reportedly a cat the size of a Great Dane. So if you've ever seen a Great Dane They're before... They're huge. These, these things are monstrous. I, I remember, you know, just fairly, you know, within the past X number of years, 10 years or so, mm -hmm. I've run across some Great Danes. And you almost do a double take when you see these things. They're so big. You yeah. do. You're looking at basically like a little miniature horse. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But is that how big they're talking these cats were? Yeah. So uh, at least the Mansfield cat, they, they, they say the cats are typically, actually, this would be a little smaller 30 to 35 pounds. Uh, some saw t tan cats, others saw black ones. Uh, one really kind of weird one was a, uh, a headless 30 to 35 pound carcass of a cat was found at that same, that same year in 1993. Hmm. They identified it as an African serval. So yep. it, it kind of like a leopard, but you yep. know, like yeah. Andy's said before, you know, it's, it's an animal that does not belong in that area. Yep. So it's almost, you know, falls under the cryptid scale. And when was this again? 1993 is okay. when that one was okay. found. So either you have some exotic animal collector who set that serval loose in the wild and got its head yeah. chewed off by something who, bigger, or... Who knows what took it knows? out, yeah. God, that's that's um, strange. Yeah, servals are aggressive cats. Are they? Oh, yeah. So they, they eat steak. They, they kind of look like a leopard almost. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can keep spotty, them as pets. You know, kind of mid-sized, you know, not as big as a tiger no, means, but they're but long, way longer than a domestic cat, right? Yeah, they're bigger oh, yeah. than a domestic yeah, cat. Yeah, they're bigger. They're probably what if you get 30, 20, 30, 20, 30, 30, 30, Yeah, they're that so, big. So, yeah. but they they feed them like chopped up raw meat. Yeah, I've seen it. But the mystery cat is still very much a mystery. There's also been reports of ravenous, bloodthirsty, red-eyed dogs, and they are said to dwell in the swamp. In 1976, a person watched as those dogs. Uh, one, of those, one of those dogs attacked and ripped open the throats of two of his ponies. Oh! So for three days, authorities hunted for the creature, and it was never found. But you My actually had an eyewitness watch two of his, his horses killed by uh, these red-eyed dogs. Uh, do dogs have a natural eye shine? Like if you were to put a flashlight on a dog? Yeah, they, they do. Would it, would it, is it a red shine? It's not red. It? It's not red. It's, it's like a yellow. Yellowish green. Yeah. Yeah, it's My Little Pony friendship is tragic on this one. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got demon dogs. Which reminds yeah. me of, was it Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. right? With oh, that right. demon dog with the red eyes? Yeah. Yep. Was it Gozer? Was that the... Gozer. Yeah, one was the gate... You no, know, because they were the gatekeeper and the key, key master, master for key. Gozer. That was the... Because they were trying to bring in ghosts. Such a good so You got red-eyed dogs ripping the throats open of ponies. Thunderbirds... Thund Big mystery huge snakes. Cats. So did did Gosh. we cover Thunderbirds? Oh, I, I think I actually skipped. I actually accidentally skipped the Thunderbird one. Let's let's talk about the Thunderbird. Uh -oh. Well, they were probably eating the red-eyed dogs swooping <laughs> down from <laughs> right? the sky and grabbing a snack. So the Thunderbird was actually sighted a few years earlier than that. In 1971, uh, another policeman, Sergeant Thomas Downey, saw a six-foot-tall uh, bird rise up off the ground with a 12-foot wingspan. Uh, it rose slowly from the ground in a town just west of the Hockamock Swamp and flew off. So this is another, you know, viable uh, oh. identification from from a law enforcement. The six-foot-tall 
bird. Six bird. foot tall bird. Which and and it was also about the time as the Mothman sightings uh-huh, were yeah. really getting going too. Tell you That's what, not too far off the beaten path because the Mothman sightings were in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You just venture a little bit further up north, and you're in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because you you take you know for example some of the large birds that we know exist the bald eagle perhaps yeah, yeah those things stand about three feet tall with a th- six foot wingspan so you extrapolate mm-hmm. that and double it yeah you yeah. got a six foot tall bird with twelve foot wingspan yeah. yep that's a big bird that's a huge there is there are no birds in the natural world that are six feet tall even the mm. biggest ones ostriches unless you're talking or, like well, ostrich, ostrich or something emus. but the non-flying birds yeah. Yeah. yeah besides like they yeah their wings are like you know besides <laughs> <laughs> their chicken wing yeah. <laughs> No, it's 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 interesting. Thunderbirds, one of my personal favorite cryptids, but you don't hear many accounts of them. That's for sure. Uh, another another place uh, that has seen some weird things uh, is a place called Lake Nippin Nippinicket. Nicken- <laughs> is it a cold lake? <laughs> <laughs> lake Lake Nippinicket. They they call it Lake Nip. It that's, must be that's cold. Better. Is it cold or maybe it's Lake, Lake Nick. It's a wee know. bit nippy. It's a ni- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more strange reports coming from that locale. Uh, Bigfoot. We're going back to the monkey. Going to play Monkey Island again. Uh, there, there's been people who have have reported seeing monkey, hearing monkey calls from the island. Yep. And also spotting the spotting of red-haired orangutan-like creatures on the island. Mm. They, they've even spotted a fire on, on the island. They go to investigate. They get where the fire was, and there's no Put sign out. of fire. No sign of fire whatsoever. Yeah. They turn around, go back to the other side of the lake. There's the fire again. Fire lights back up. Yeah. Uh, I recently heard about this in a uh, show I've been watching. I kind of binge-watched it mm-hmm. called uh, the, the, the Killer Bigfoot of Alaska. Okay. And that is one of the things they actually caught on camera. They saw a fire on this in this area. They went running to the fire with buckets of water to put it out. The camera's there and everything. You see the fire, and there's nothing there. Yep. It stands to reason that these things would know how to make fire at this point. You would think. You know, like... Just part of it. Just but, carry around but, a Zippo. But the weird thing is there's there's <laughs> like... You, you would think you'd still see embers or something there, and it's just... Gone. No sign of fire. Oh dang! Yeah. So very they didn't weird. Have to carry it portable. They got a can of Sterno. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it this way. Spook lights is another thing uh, spotted in the area. Glowing balls of light that seem to have some intelligence to it. Uh, kids once saw a what they thought was a canoe coming down one of the creeks towards them, and they thought it was like somebody has a lantern, right, or a flashlight. And what it turned out to be was three multicolored balls of light just coming Ooh. down the c- creek. They stop, turn around, and go back the other way and eventually disappear. I mean, that's almost in the territory of, like, ball lightning. Yeah. But you got a kaleidoscope rainbow variety yeah. of ball lightning, if that's the case. That knows enough to turn around and then dissipate. Right. I love that this place Weird. has so many occurrences of so many paranormal things. It has yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. literally a, a bit bang for your buck, man. Gosh. Go here. Throw in a giant spider and you... I, mean, <laughs> I, know, I went for giant humans. Like, are there, are there red-headed are there giants? giants? Is there a hobbit? Like, what? <laughs> hobbit man? Um, UFOs are Ugh. a big part of the triangle. It's uh, going to ni- give uh, Skinwalker Ranch a run for its money here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1979 was a hot 
uh, year for sightings in the area for low-flying UFOs. One in particular was, uh, it was shaped like a, a kind of like a baseball home plate. So you got like, oh. almost like a square, but it, it kind of looks triangle like a, with a end. triangle at yep. the point. The two people they interviewed were former radio reporters. And they were on their way to an event and they stopped, pulled over because they saw this thing up in the air. They say this thing was probably about the size of five 747s wing to wing. You know, so wow. this is a large, big. you know, big craft. And just flying straight through the air, you had a, a light at the bottom of it, kind of like one single headlight. Uh, I think there were also a couple of other lights on the wings. Other, it, it turned out that the next day, other people started reporting this thing. So multiple people saw the same thing. Yep. And that's when the uh, radio people decided they were going to come, come out too. And, and they, they, they said, yeah, we saw this. Um, I love that these things are huge. It's like these I big mean, flying triangles are just gigantic. My God. If you have, you know, how many umpteen 747s wingtip to wingtip, you're talking at least a quarter mile long. Yeah. Quarter yeah. mile wide, that yeah. is. There was like a, a low, a, it was flying very slow, and there was also a humming noise associated with it as well. Mm -hmm. Almost reminds you of the, the Phoenix Lights sighting where people who saw that flying above the city, they yeah. said this thing was massive. massive. I mean, there, yeah. there is no comparison to any Earth you know, terrestrial aircraft that we have that's that big. Reminds me of the scene of Close Encounters, too. When the, yeah. You know, that, it's, it's almost city-sized. Mothership right? comes in. Yeah. yeah. In 2011, there, somebody shot a video of uh, going back to some of the orbs in the sky. On multiple occasions, this person was able to videotape it. So you'd see, I, I watched some of the videos, and you would see these orbs up in the sky, and they kind of fly together. Mm -hmm. and, and then take off in different directions. They'd come back together, and then they'd all just kind of shoot off oh, man. You know, in the same direction, almost as if they were joining together, and then they just crazy. take off. Also sightings of uh, the ghosts of Native Americans walking through the swamp, uh, a lot of EVP recordings. Uh, one of the fun ones, though, is... Uh, the red-headed hitchhiker ghost. Yes! So you're waiting for a red... A red-headed red giant. <laughs> I don't need a giant. So this guy essentially looks like a, a lumberjack of, of sorts. He's, he's described as having red curly hair and a beard, mm -hmm. and he's hitchhiking down down the highway. He'll pull up on, along Route 44 and see him in the middle of the night. Has appeared in cars. Like, oh no! With with just people. takes a seat. Thanks yeah. The, thanks for the ride, Bob. Um, <laughs> manipulates the radio. Uh, bad form. Driver picks. <laughs> the, the problem with this particular report, though, is almost more more of a legend because, uh, the like the producers of the documentary, found it very hard to find any firsthand witnesses. Mm. It was more my second cousin's uncle's best friend, college roommate, saw him, mm. and you know, so it, it it's real hard to get actual so, witness. I think they did find one witness that that said, "Yeah, I saw it." Okay. He, he might fall under the legend category kind of the, thing. The cousin's roommate thing is always a tough <laughs> leap after that. You're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> of course, you know, with, with as many people who were killed in that war in that area, a lot of other ghost sightings, uh, there was a particular cemetery with, with a lot of activity. So there's a, a sinister-looking little boy that likes to run around a particular cemetery. 
Uh, there's in the same cemetery. There's a woman in white who's mm. been reported walking around. My gosh! What else do you want, people? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Yeah, I just I mean, want to live like here, every, man. Every paranormal thing that could be is in this. That is the most space. crazy place. I we've got to go. We got to go. But wait, there's more. But wait, wait, there's more. Order today, and we'll throw in a chupacabra for free. We'll throw in vaporous forms when w- the weather wouldn't allow such phenomena. Uh, there's EVPs of of a lady singing in the cemetery where they they have an, a recording going and. When they go back and listen to it, you can hear some lady singing, la, 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 la. Pound for pound. Wow. This, this place <laughs> seems like one of the most haunted places in the whole country. We need to yeah. get, like, T-shirts with this thing on it. Like, <laughs> I mean, get your Bermuda Triangle. I want the psh. Massachusetts. Well, it sounds like it's a pretty big deal just by watching mm. this documentary because uh, a lot of uh, people with podcasts and other uh, radio shows and things where they talk about this place quite really out in that area well, here we go that'll um, be a fun little one of my favorite ghost stories out of this was uh the one of uh the one room schoolhouse and apparently this this area was the birthplace of public education oh and they used to have like 31 different one room schoolhouses in the area oh, you wow. know so you got one teacher and her class they hang out in these little houses this is the only one still standing but apparently a lady walked up to one of those one time and she kind of peeked in the window just mm-hmm. to, she was curious about it. And inside she sees a school marm standing there in, you know, kind of a, you know, little house on the prairie type dress and yeah. class full of students all dressed in kind oh, of wow. per- period time clothing. Slip. And so she's thinking, well, oh, they're, you know, it's probably some class and they're doing like a, a, reenactment, a reenactment sort of thing. So she says, I'm going to go check this out. She walks around, knocks on the door. The door was locked. Couldn't get in. Knocks on the door. Nobody comes to the door. She goes back to the window and looks. She sees the school mom staring at her. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. That scared me. <laughs> she stares back at her and then... Uh, the the teacher and the students proceed to just disappear Fade. into the ether. Oh, I thought you were going to say the whole class of students Starts slowly turn. turn their head and look at her. <laughs> but still, just the fact. Oh, still, oh dude, I wasn't ready. There. I got goosebumps from that. That's next level, man. <laughs> Jeez. So um, I was just thinking, yeah. like, that she comes back, they're gone, and they're gone. But she was still there. She, she was like, still there. <laughs> still there after she came back from knocking on the door. Wow. And she stared at her for a few minutes, or you know. I would be number of seconds, and then they just an, all disappeared. There'd be an Eddie-shaped hole in the wall. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be running. Eddie would run so fast, the ground would be on fire to ignite all that swamp gas and methane. But you know, the real question is: in situations like that, you know, are you looking at a classroom full of ghosts, or are we talking about? Did the lady have a time slip? Was she right. looking back yeah. in time? That's what I wonder. The teacher yeah. didn't see her. Like there's a to them, she may have looked like a ghost. She, she may have been. Yeah, yeah. she's like a time traveler from the yeah. future. Yeah. 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 yeah, right. I saw a woman wearing pants. What? <laughs> <laughs> she's a witch. <laughs> so the other the other spot is uh, called the Freetown River State Forest, and this is kind of the darker of the two areas. During the seventies, eighties, and nineties, uh, this place stood out as a dark place to visit. Uh, signs of strange crimes and black magic and ritualistic evidence fed stories circulating in the area. There were uh, reports of animal sacrifices, 
uh, people walking around in robes, almost Ooh. kind of, you know, ritualistic type yes. robes. Satanic graffiti. Hmm. Um, they found several underground lairs and with things, uh, not so nice things inside it, like uh, possibly things that were used to torture children. Ooh. Even. Um, and then uh, also signs of animal uh, sacrifices yeah. and things like that. So uh, there were there were multiple gruesome murders that also took place in their area, late 70s, early 80s, that uh, eventually were traced back to a cult that was operating in the area. Wow. They were uh, there was a couple that was charged for the murders. They were heavily into the satanic worship and also prostitution. Oh. And so a lot of the prostitutes were the victims of this couple. My gosh. Um, but even after the people were, were captured and taken away, weird stuff like that still went on. They think it could be even, you know, like copycats or even teenagers doing right. weird stuff, you know, with keep it rolling. Yeah. Or they cracked open a portal uh, to hell. There, there, there's one particular case where they captured teens. And I think this was more of one of those copycat type things, but a group of teens, participated in in a grave robbing mm. incident mm. where they broke into a crypt and removed the head from a body and later threw it out the window of their car um due to the bad smell um that is what do you think it's gonna smell like level so you break into it's somebody's not, wow. grave and you steal their head and you yeah. take off with it it's a wow it's a rotting carcass it's not gonna smell what like were they a hoping mint. was it like a was it like a Dare or no, what was it like? What were they trying to do? Yeah, with who knows? Yeah, it was if a woman's want... head, and and they they realized that no, maybe oh, this wow. wasn't such a good idea. This rotting human head <laughs> is stinky. How dare it? Um, it's, cr- I mean, if you want several lifetimes worth of bad karma, do that. <laughs> yeah, Break yeah. into a crypt, decapitate somebody, and throw it down the highway like a bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> God, humanity. I'm, I'm picturing. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. I'm picturing like someone asks you this question at one of your seminars, and they're like, "Excuse me, Andy, I'm looking to really build up some bad karma. How do I, <laughs> how do I really just maximize? What act can I do that will just bring as much? Get yourself a crib. Which one is breaking? Crowbar. <laughs> how are you, do you like to bowl? Are you a big fan of bowling? Do you have yeah. a human head lying around. Jeez, that's <laughs> awful. Yeah, you're. Con- I don't, can't even imagine teenagers. Yeah, this is where. Yeah. <laughs> you should fire this up and be like, if your kids aren't doing this, they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Omaha, we got a problem with people breaking down fences. It's like, well, at least they're not cutting heads off of. Uh, <laughs> at least they're not rollers. And- <laughs> oh God, that person's haunting you. Uh, just so you know, guys, I just took a quick peek at Google Earth, so I'm going to be in Salem, Massachusetts, with, which is just north of Boston yeah, this okay. fall. Bridgewater, uh, Bridgewater, Massachusetts is a stone's throw southeast of Boston. Oh, there I'm going to be right there. You so got to go. You can take a little daytime excursion down well, there. And we were already planning on doing a little bit of loop because we want to hit up a few different uh, states in the New England area while we're mm. up there, kind of maximize our souvenirs. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we'll sweep through Bridgewater. I'll, yeah. I'll, if you guys never see me again, I probably slipped into a triangle portal. We've got some kids are rolling your head down the road. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like Hockamock Swamp might be a good place to go. There's actually, Andy, uh, one, one place they mentioned in this thing um let's see if i can find it here hockamock so that's that's where i need to go there is a uh, a museum that was put together by actually the guy who coined the phrase of the bridgewater triangle and that his place is actually in maine but he has a museum with all kinds of bigfoot and cryptid and 
just the weird stuff of the area. He's got a, like a little museum. Um, it's uh, I'll have to look up the the address for you. Uh, it's called the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Oh so wow! I don't know if you'll be yeah, close is to it that, Lauren Coleman? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. Yeah. Well, we yeah. need to go there. Yeah. So he he's actually the one who who came up with the the name sure. Bridgewater Triangle. That's our Good next trip, boys. I'm just saying. So. But yeah, one of the last things I was going to mention was uh, late 1990s, there were about a dozen calf mutilations found in in a, a ritual killing fashion. Somebody, what? Somebody killed like 12 calves it, out in the woods. Like in, no like, blood found on the ground type uh, of yeah, chupacabra no, no situation? Blood, no yeah. blood. They, they believe they, they took the blood and they used it for some kind of a ritual okay. kind of a thing. Man, but they were all you know drained, so creepy, I, creepy, I creepy. Just think in those areas, those old, old areas, at least for us, as far as as far as you know, settlers who came here from you know, not Native Americans, it's like so much of that, um, like belief and like uh, just that deep, deep, like tie to like paranormal and spiritual and like even like you said witchcraft those mm -hmm. kinds of things i think that stuff is just cooked into those areas yeah right into the stones mm. you know you're gonna be i mean you're going to salem for pete's sakes you're gonna be right in the belly of the beast yep right there in the wheelhouse of the witch trials and i uh, bought a book so i can do my research and homework before we get there but did you guys know and this this might be a little teaser actually for Maybe an upcoming episode. Maybe we do closer to, to mm -hmm. October. But did you know the Salem Witch Trials, I believe, there was only about 13 people who were killed mm -hmm. for, you know, allegedly being witches. But I was listening to another podcast that was mentioning a witch hunt in Austria, I think it was, where like 290-some people had been killed yeah. wow. uh, in witch trials. So witch trials are not uh, exclusive to Salem nor the no, United States. No, no, they're definitely an, an import. <laughs> they yeah. came with them. They came with them. All over Europe. Oh, so, it's crazy. I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you what, man, I'd, if I see anything weird in the Hockamuck Swamp or the, the, the Hockamuck? Hockamuck. Hockamuck Swamp. Hockamuck. That's a tongue twister. There's a lot of cool like Native American names out there. Yeah. Um, hey, but if I if I come back, I'm gonna strap a saddle on one of those red glowing eyed dogs and ride them all the way back to Nebraska, it. like like a he man on a Thundercat. Andy, <laughs> <laughs> I tamed the beast. Andy found himself his dog man. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to hear some of these firsthand stories, check check out the uh, the documentary I was talking about. It's on Amazon Prime. It's included with the pr your Prime membership, so uh, it's a freebie. And it's called the Bridgewater and, and Triangle? It's called the Bridgewater Triangle. Okay. Yeah, and also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, or hey, recommend us to a friend as well. Uh, Pat's been killing it with uh, 50 and 50, and uh, also we're on Instagram as well, and so we try to put vary the content a little bit, so you're going to get a little bit of different paranormal stuff, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or or um, Twitter, there's actually different stuff we're posting on those different um, um, medias. Yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And we do have a live show coming up for those mm -hmm. in the Omaha area. Uh, we can't neglect to plug that real quick. It's Friday, July 29th, Paranormal Dads Live in the o Omaha area. Tickets are currently on sale through my website, which is andymyersonline.com. And we'll be sharing some of our best spooky ghost stories. There's going to be prize giveaways. There's going to be pizza catered in, for crying out loud. So strap on your paranormal pants. 
pack an extra pair of undies in case it gets really scary. And we're going to dim the lights and uh, show some. And the cool thing about our live event is it's we have some big screen TVs at the mm-hmm. facility. So we're going to be providing some pictures and videos and um, paranormal photographic evidence to go along with some of the stories that we'll be talking about. Yeah. I was showing uh, recently, uh, just very recently, a friend of mine, some of our evidence that we've gotten, some video that we picked up on our last trip that we went to, uh, where we saw that. We'd talk about, um, you had mentioned this, like ephemeral mist that shows up despite the weather conditions being that. that that's exactly what happened to us mm-hmm. in Arkansas with our trail camera footage. And so, yeah, we'll be showing all those things on the live on the live show and sharing personal stories. And how much were tickets again? Did you say how much they oh, were? Oh, gosh, I think tickets, $20, 20 25 a piece. Yeah. They're 20 a piece, but pizza's included pizza's with that. Pizza's included, yeah. So. And, and it's family-friendly, so bring the kiddos as well if you want. Reach out to us if you have any questions. But uh, And be sure to uh, just pay attention for certain cues from old episodes that we may be referencing there when things get a little bit like dark. We may have bust out our glows dance! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. It's been a while. But uh, yeah, we'll have all sorts of family fun. So buy yourself a ticket, buy all your family a ticket. All right. Cheers, everybody. See ya. Bye. Darwin approves. Sexy Pat. First it, take. And he was a little hot. I'm always a little hot. You are hot. Came in hot after that trip to the store. <laughs> Self-checkout. I can't check out myself. That's narcissistic. <laughs> well, you could if you wanted to because they have those monitors there that... Hold up a mirror. <laughs> <laughs>